palm trees in the park. You know all the songs. Oh yeah. I remembered to record. Kimmy, you and Matt Sugar Mama's husband would agree on that fact. I don't know how Matt Sugar Mama herself feels about this one. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say impartial and different. That is neat. Ooh. <laughs> this is crack for Amber. She makes a calendar every year with pictures from the year. <laughs> she even said it. Big time excitement. Like crack. Get off your phone, Dan! What's up, everybody? Hello, Dan. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Matt Sugar Mama says I. Oh my god, started mine this week, too. Alright, nerds. This is, of course, the This Might Sound Stupid podcast. A podcast that happens just about every week on Thursday. 8 p.m. Central Standard Time mm -hmm. uh, as a reason for two friends to hang out and uh, be buddies. Mm -hmm. Almost didn't happen this week, but people don't really know that. There was a chance it was not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, if this is your first time listening to us, you can subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts, uh, whatever podcast app, I'm pretty sure. Uh, or And or you can follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash this might sound stupid. Mm -hmm. Uh, get notifications whenever we go live on Thursday. Tune in, hang out, mm -hmm. get in chat. Mm -hmm. um, you can email us, this might sound stupid at gmail.com, mm -hmm. or you can tweet at us at TMSS underscore podcast. Mm -hmm. We did finally decide on the December list. Yes. I'll discuss that in a moment. Dan, how are you? Pretty good. Good. We have two sponsors on our podcast. Mm -hmm. It's Joey the Good Boy. We'll check in with Joey. Ooh, I got a tight Joey Zoom today. Mm -hmm. He didn't move. Nope. Oh, he's <laughs> you shut up. Joey, you're a good boy. You need to get brushed. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get Aurora on that. We were also brought to you by Mike Long. He designed all, all of our graphics, and he is a wonderful human person. Mm -hmm. How are you? Pretty good. Have I already asked that? <laughs> okay. Uh, side, side note. Kimmy says he's not happy about the new top five list. Uh-oh. Uh, you liked the tweet on you. Uh, so you asked that question. How are you? So I, I had two interesting experiences with like that exact question this week. Uh, How long is it going to take? Five minutes. Let's do beer first. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm not doing good anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's just raindrops. Raindrops. I have uh, one of my favorite beers to get this time of year. God, Jesus juicy. Lord. Fuck. Here, do you want to? It's in my face. That's what she said. Oh, God. 
Get it? It's in my face. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love this beer this time of year. It's fresh hop IPA from Sierra Nevada. It's called Celebration. It is delish. I thought you were going to pour it in there. <laughs> Just pour it in the scoozy. <laughs> Dan. Bropes. Bropes. I'm glad we ended up doing it. Mm-hmm. Chat. Bropes. Okay, how are you? Let me hear your story. Uh, so when I was leaving uh, one of my buildings today, the uh, oh, like as I was walking up to her, she's like, she's like, "How you doing?" And I was like, "Oh, you know, I'm, I'm doing pretty good." Yourself? She's like, "I'm okay." Well, no, like she like cautiously, she like you know like she's like I don't know like she kind of brought up that like you just kind of re- will like reflexively just say yeah. that, uh, and she's like, you know, I. I She's like, I feel a little, you know, a little like sick or whatever, but it's, it's fine. Uh, Cause she's like, she just brought up like the whole, like going from like 50 degrees to 20 degrees and how sure. it just like okay. yeah, that blows can up your, your head. Uh, so I brought up a different story of like earlier in the week where uh, I was Ropes, walking down uh, after one of the schools, although like one of the, one of the custodians was walking through the hall. And he's like, he's like, Hey, how you doing? I'm like, I don't, I'm doing, doing okay. You're so <laughs> <laughs> and just kept walking. I'm like, all right. I really like I, that. I guess you're doing good. <laughs> I guess you're doing real good. <laughs> Sister's messaging me. Shut up, baby. Um, that's that story. I have a story to tell. Oh. I have to be careful not to share any names. You already heard the story. Did I? Yeah. Oh, okay. It was my awkward interaction last Friday. Oh. With a coworker. Mm-hmm. Uh, hold on. What could we say? <laughs> How is our top five? The whole podcast is basically that, Kibby. Yeah. <laughs> Kibby says, hey, I think it's a sneaky way of getting everyone to talk about movie night all night long. Yeah. But he says, I'm, that particular top five is? It's- I just feel like it's the, the whole podcast is a sneaky way to do that. Uh, last Friday I was at work Mm -hmm. and I needed to make a label for a network drop so that we knew which stack it went back to and which port it was at the stack. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I went to where the label maker is at the front office. Um, and there's three women who work at the front office and I was like, where's the label maker? Mm -hmm. And they said, I don't know. It's been missing for months. And so I was like, I bet I know where it is because I had seen it. Uh, and I thought to myself when I saw it, you know how like you'll see something and you, you're not like conscious of thinking it, but you're like, that's weird. Why mm-hmm. do they have a label maker? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I ran and got it. And then I came back and two of the women had left. They were doing something somewhere else, but one of the women was still there. And I was like, ah, like, hey, I found it. Isn't mm-hmm. like you guys have been looking for this. And this woman goes like, eh. <laughs> and I said, let's pretend her name is Beatrice. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, Beatrice. And I said it like a joking matter because I joke with this woman. I was like, you know, Beatrice, I was hoping you'd be a lot more excited that I brought this back. And she goes, well, considering that late last night, my husband told me he bought a house in a different city and that we're getting divorced and he's moving out right now while I'm at work. I'm not in a very good mood. And I just just like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> and that, I mean, it was literally like I paused that long. Mm-hmm. And I felt so bad. 
and I wanted to die. <laughs> I was I just I was bending over the drawer like Okay, I'm sorry. And then I literally just left. I didn't I was so thrown mm-hmm. by that. It was just like man that sucks. I don't know you well enough to talk about it though. Mm-hmm. I'm really sorry. <laughs> so, that was my awkward Hey, how you doing? Nice. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's a bummer. People are just chatting back and forth now. Uh, Matt Sugar Mom, you don't even want to attend movie night. Yeah, you 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 lived in the house that they were happening at, and you didn't go to them. And you never, and you didn't come. And downstairs. also, we've done a few at your house. Yeah, you're just watching people get murdered on. Yeah, TV. you're watching some weird <laughs> murder rom com. Uh, also, Amber doesn't go to movie night. Well, she's not allowed. Yeah, Amber doesn't get to go. Mm-hmm. Anne's actually in movie night chat. Amber's not? No. No, Amber's not. I'm not that whipped. <laughs> Medical dramas or crime, crime shows. shows. Or both. True, too much cursing. What's too much cursing? Oh, you were cut from movie night for too much cursing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. If it was Amber. We had to ban you. Um, speaking of how you doing, what was that reaction? I don't know. This is a gotcha, gotcha journalism. Goddamn gotcha journalism. Um, oh, now Matt's here. I, just speaking of how you doing, like this week, maybe since like last Saturday, last Friday, Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to, I think that more people should talk about mental health the more I learn about it. And so I'm just trying to be vulnerable and open and talk about like times when I just feel like I'm struggling. And mm-hmm. I, it was like this week, I definitely feel like, like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I mean, even this Tuesday at movie night, I just wasn't kind of as, you any, know, like, like any, any, anything in particular, just, I think it's just like anxiety stuff about, well, I mean, anxiety about the world because the world is anxiety inducing right now. But then just family stuff mm. and, you know. Just like pre- like getting 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 ready for the holidays and what, yeah, what that could be. And just stuff like that. And then, you know, <clears throat> one of the things I was thinking before we started the podcast is, uh, and it's it feels weird to admit, but I think it is socially the right thing to do is just to admit your own things. I think the thing that I start to do in my own head mm-hmm is I doubt my value in the relationships that I have. Hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So whether it's like family or friends uh, or even like work relationships, I'll just doubt. Because I was thinking about it and I was like, I start to doubt that people actually value me. And then I was like, well, that if I really think about it, that's not true. It's I start to doubt that I am valuable, that I'm worth people's time or energy or things like that. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? And then it just, it can snowball. And that's, I've been watching videos uh, and trying to do a little reading about catastrophizing. And I've actually gotten mm. some things to like mentally help. Nice. But it's not always, it's like the best way that I can explain it is like if there's a, if you have two gears and there's one, like it is constantly slipping. Oh, sure. It's like, even though that gear is there, if it's not, it just, it gets hard for me to catch it. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, I think there's a way that I, I think there's like things that you can do. Mm-hmm. 
uh, like with watching the catastrophizing stuff where you can start to get it so that you know how to catch yourself when you're in those and then you know and then everything works the way that my brain normally works does that make sense yeah and like, like it it seems like you've been getting a lot better at that right yeah i think i have been i i think i have been but i think uh it's still like it's still there and maybe it'll always be there but you're just probably i think of yeah i think another way to deal with it too that i've found is to just try to be honest with it and like uh even if amber's like is something is something is there something up is something bugging you mm-hmm. you can be like yeah but i don't really know it's just like you know you have to process it and mm-hmm. things at large and but that's the best way as I, I can explain it is like you can see that you're this way but you can't you can't catch it it's just this con you're just kind of like Every, like every time you're going to have an interaction with somebody, you can, I like anticipate the interaction, which I don't normally do because I know <laughs> like I'm not, I don't feel like I'm going to be capable of being myself. Oh. And then that makes it worse. And I don't know how to catch myself to get out of that cycle. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's just been my week. I think like yesterday I started to kind of come out of it just just spending time thinking and then doing the things uh what like what was one of the things i saw in the catastrophizing video that was uh really helpful was um shit now i'm blanking on it which is not helpful (laughs) um it i can't remember the exact phrasing of it which is going to bug me but it's it's essentially what you're doing is slowing down and like actually thinking through like is this what's going to happen and what like what will happen if that like if the worst case scenario that's in my head what will the results be and kind of really trying to slow yourself down which isn't always easy Mm -hmm. um but i think if i can take a few days sometimes to do it it helps does that make sense yeah so so it's more of like a instead of by by you slowing it's a scent down you it gives you more times to check it before it you get to like like peak catastrophe you can like as as you're like thinking about it as it goes along or no it's like you get to peak catastrophe uh-huh. but then you don't run with that you it's almost like a meditative thing where you recognize like okay this is something that i do mm-hmm. so let's just calm down mm-hmm. take some deep breaths and just know that even if things go as bad as you think they do mm-hmm. it's not the end of everything there it just means that things will change and you'll have to learn how to cope with that and then adjust to that and it's kind of like talking yourself about talking to yourself about it rationally mm-hmm. instead of like if my kid falls and hits their head there here here's a perfect example of what like my brain ran away with me quick mm-hmm uh last friday there was a blizzard mm-hmm. we were out in the front yard playing in the blizzard and all of a sudden nemo got a wild hair to want to climb a tree and he wanted to climb a tree wanted to climb a tree and i was like dude you're in fucking he's in snow pants mittens and boots i was like i'm not having you climb a tree right now amber's more patient than i am and she went and helped him climb a tree mm-hmm. and he got up like amber couldn't reach him anymore because mm-hmm. amber's five one so amber couldn't reach him anymore and all of a sudden in my head, it's like he's going to fall out of a tree in the middle of a blizzard 
in the middle of a pandemic and break an arm and we're going to have to drive all over. Sure, Amber. We're going to have to drive all over to get him into an ER in the middle of a blizzard. And I mean, but the thing I can't, ex- the thing I can't explain is it's like, my, that, like that's how fast I'm there. Yeah, yeah. He's in the tree. Amber can't reach him. And he's trying to figure out how to get down. And my brain is instantly at like on the highway, like right. trying to drive. No, that's exactly what it is. It's me, my truck's fishtailing, like, Nemo's scream crying in the back because his arm is broken. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't. I, in those moments, I can't stop it. And I and then I got Nemo all mad at me because I literally went over because I could reach him and mm-hmm. just took him out of the tree and was like, we're all done with this. But I react that way because my brain goes to the absolute worst thing hmm. that could happen. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And so those moments are hard to catch. And then those moments make other catastrophizing worse. And it makes me like feel bad about myself. It's this whole thing. But it's, I'm just okay. discovering how yeah. to deal with it. And also like discovering it in myself. Mm-hmm. I also sound like my parents, Matt. <laughs> Which being around my parent, my dad, the, we were down at my dad's this afternoon and the kids wanted to go outside to play and my son didn't have any mittens. And my dad was like, you, he can't go out there without any mittens. And I was like, he'll be fine. Because I knew they weren't going to be out there long. It's fucking cold. Yeah. And my dad goes, no, it's so cold right now and they won't pay attention. It, I mean, it could freeze the, t- the tips of his fingers. And he could, and I was like, dad, chill. And then I literally said to Amber, I was like, this is why I'm this way. Because my mom was also the person who, like, the one time I recognized that my mom, Nemo just had a stick. Mm-hmm. We were out on a walk, and he's running with a stick. And she's like, I don't know if you should let him run with that stick. What if he fell and it went right into his eye? And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, Mom. No, that's all I can think about. He's running with a stick. Chill. So, Matt says I was around that mentally every day. Yeah. Well, you love your dad, so there's hope for me that my kids will love me. I wonder if that was something that my parents had to get over quick with how much we all played sports like all year long that, you know, because every so often you see some kid out like on one of our teams just like get hurt. Yeah. And but it's like they they never they never acted like they were worried for like our safety, which I I think helped us play the sport and not be afraid. It's not the getting hurt that I'm afraid of. Mm -hmm. It's like I said, the like worst case scenarios. Mm -hmm. I just jumped to them really quick. But like when Nemo is snowboarding and he eats shit, Amber did say, she was like, I wonder if we should get him a helmet. And I was like, that's probably a good idea because the other day he was snowboarding and he just ate it. Well, that, that's a, but that's he, also a good probably habit to have him in. Right. It's like if he learns that he wears a helmet on things like that early enough. He's, like he's smart too. And so I yeah. want him to stay smart. So that, that, that'll be good. Especially yeah, like when he starts biking and stuff, he'll be in the, he'll be in the habit of I put this helmet on. Cause like I'll see kids like not wearing a helmet biking. It's like you fucking idiots. Like how did your parents let you leave? Oh yeah. No, Matt. I I have him climb trees. I just didn't want to help him climb a tree in the blizzard. Mm-hmm. So Amber helped them climb the tree. But then once he got up where she couldn't reach him, and he was like he was trying to get down, and he leaned on like a fucking twig. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? He yeah. wasn't like on. He was like he put his stupid mittened hand on the stupid little twig, and I was like, "All right, this kid's gonna fall." And that, that's what I mean. It's so instant in mm-hmm. those moments. Uh, where <laughs> I just I I 
there's no Matt, you can't logic out of it. Like you can't explain anything away. It it is instant in my head that it goes there. What I have to learn to do is like take a breath in those moments. Or like when you and me were messaging, I did it with Aurora the other day when she woke up and she was freaking out. Mm-hmm. Uh and I was really calm in dealing with her, and I think that helped her too. I call it the Kyle Cliff. Uh yeah, I, I think that's like I'm not a parent or anything like that, but that's something I've, I've always, I've always heard and seen like in practice. It's like, like, the the second you like, they they take your fear, and or like your like apprehension and run with it. Right, but that you and Matt saying shit like that is then a part of my anxiety because that's what I'm saying is the snowball is that. When I take Nemo out of the tree, mm-hmm. then for days afterwards, mm-hmm. what I'm thinking is that my son isn't going to talk to me when he's a grown man. <laughs> because I took him out of a tree? Right. Holy shit. It's, it's fucking... Yeah, yeah, that, and, I, and my mind goes there instantly, too. And I can't catch myself uh-huh. out of those moments. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. It, it, the catastrophizing is like... He, he like I don't remember the good things that I do with him. It's just like he's going to, and it's not all the time. It's when I get in these mm-hmm. funks, for lack of a better term. Yeah. It's just like he isn't going to like being around me. Being around me is going to be a chore, and I'm not going to get to see him very much at all when he's a grown man. When you're divorced, and <laughs> right, and that's a part of it too. It just it. Yeah, yeah. And it it's it's not from that one moment. It's like they all just kind of mm-hmm. acquiesce into a thing, and then I have to learn how to like get out of them. Mm-hmm. And I think that actually talking about it too is a good for people who like me have anxiety. Who jump like that, right? To go like, okay, I'm not alone. And then people who don't have it to hear like about it mm-hmm. can also be helpful. Yeah. So I'm just trying. I'm trying to be helpful in talking about it too. No, no it, it's 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 been very like illuminating. To like, like understand your process more, right? Because like that's for me too. Because it's something where like I've you know like like you've talked about it like with me forever, right? But it's it's been it's been nice to hear exactly like the steps that your brain takes and like in the in the weird logic leaps. I also think it'd be cool in to like. For the podcast, I mean, it's been going almost three years now, but if it, you know, if it goes for 10 mm-hmm. and you can hear 10 years of somebody working on themselves psychologically and, mm-hmm. you know, trying to, and I'm, I'm relatively, I don't know why I said relatively, I'm a pretty happy guy. Like most of the time I'm, I'm happy and go mm-hmm. lucky, but I do get in these funks where I just like, I just, I can't kick myself out of them and I don't. Mm-hmm. That's the part I'm having trouble explaining because it's it's weird. It's like you're standing outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like you can see, like you can just let it go, dude. Like you can just, it's not, it doesn't, it's not going to be that way. You can just let it go and then you just don't. Mm-hmm. And you're just like outside of yourself. So I don't know how to explain that that well. I, 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 that, I think that made sense. Where like, it's like there's like the rational part of your brain's like, we're we're good here, and, and but but like you're right. You're it, you're just like it's like a movie where y- you're inside of a house. You're being you're being John Malkoviching yourself. Like you're you're inside your brain. No, and like <laughs> it's, it's like a movie where 
it would be like a dream sequence in a movie where you're seeing yourself inside of a house mm-hmm. and you're about to do something that you don't know is really bad. Mm-hmm. And you're also on the outside of the house, like banging on the window, like, don't do it. No. But the person inside mm-hmm. can't hear you. Mm-hmm. That's how it feels. You're <laughs> just, you're outside the window. Like, Hey man, you don't, you can just let it go. Like it's, your son really loves you. Like, you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you can just let it go, but you can't, the person inside cannot hear you mm-hmm. at all. And yeah. you just can't affect them. Mm-hmm. It's really frustrating. It's like, that's it's an interesting thought with like, for lack, for lack of a better term, like, like just the, just the trauma of like what your youth was and like what it means to be like a dad in your life. And like the things that like weird things that you might put on yourself that are the way you feel about, your father where oh yeah where it's like oh he, since i didn't like my father he's gonna obviously not like me it well that's a part of it and it's not i mean i was around my dad all day mm-hmm. and i talked to my dad a lot today mm-hmm. it's that i don't it always feels weird because i literally don't know if my dad will ever listen <laughs> to any of these but it's the way that it feels is it really sucks to be disappointed in your dad. And that's how I feel about my dad. I I liked being around him today. Mm-hmm. I chatted with him a bunch. He was fun with the kids. He made cookies. Nemo made him this ridiculous cookie that he actually ate. Uh And it's it's a weird thing because it's like I don't doubt that my dad loves me, but I'm this is a really harsh thing to say without a bunch of other stuff and without my dad here to represent himself. (laughs) I just want to acknowledge that, but it's like, I'm disappointed in the man that my dad is. Mm -hmm. And that it really sucks. Like it really sucks as a, as a man, I guess Mm -hmm. I don't, maybe it sucks as a woman too. I'm sure it does, but as a man, it just really sucks. I don't know. I was like, not that like, I don't know what it means to be a woman (laughs) being disappointed in your father. Neither do I, (laughs) but as a man, it really sucks to be, disappointed in the man that your dad is Mm -hmm. and so that that's absolutely a part of the the what drives the fear is that i don't want my kids to feel that way i don't want i don't want them to ever have to feel that way because it really fucking sucks does that make sense Mm -hmm. so that's absolutely a part of what drives it when it's happening and then the part that's confusing is it gets so fucked up with everything else like once you kind of figure out where it's coming from Mm -hmm you can kind of start to dwindle it down. But at first it's just like the static where you're, like I said, I'm doubting my value in relationships and I'm doubting. I think the people are lying to me and they don't actually like me and they're avoiding me. And like all of this stuff gets into my head, Mm -hmm. but it has a root cause and you have to like sift through the static to find the root cause. But what you want to do is like address the people that you think have a problem with you. And that's not actually the problem because they don't actually have a problem with you. Right. And it's lunacy but I don't know. I think that's kind of a part of the fun of life is like learning how to deal with it. Yeah. You're, you're, you know, we're always growing and like learning as, as people. Like it's, it's just, it's, it's nonstop. I hope. I think there are people who don't, but yeah. Or people, or people that like, uh, think they know, <laughs> everything there is to know yeah and then i sometimes wonder if that's just a fear response though if you're like that you just really don't want to actually deal with the fact that you don't yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. 
or subconsciously. Kibby says, 10 years of listening to the two of you and never getting invited to movie night. I look forward to that. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. I, I'm going to tell you right now, that's, that's if you listen to us for 10 years, that would be the case. Yeah. Movie night is a, if you, if you weren't at the OG movie night, you don't go to movie night. And it'll be the year <clears throat> like 2029. So it'll be some weird, like future movie nights will be even cooler. Right. Wow. That was mean. It's, I, I will look, tell you this, Kibby. If you ever, if you ever come to Minnesota with a band or something like that, and you want to go grab a beer at like Barrel Theory, I will grab a beer with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounds cool. But movie night isn't even like it's not even invite only. What it's like, you just had to be there during the first of them. Yeah, and it's like a weird thing that we all nobody ever agreed to, and then it was just like. That's just, it just people it just all the one, one when we talked about it, it was just like oh that is just kind of the rule mm-hmm. is I don't we just and also there's nowhere for anybody to sit anymore no my it's we'd need like a movie theater there's no more there's no chairs left how about that that would actually be really dope if in 10 years if the podcast has a big enough following mm-hmm. and we can actually like make a little bit of money for the podcast to pay for it mm-hmm. It would be really cool to rent out an entire theater and have yeah. an in-person movie night. That's like 250, 200 bucks. That would be really fucking rad. Mm-hmm. Like even if we didn't fill the theater, but if you had like 50 people who came and just, you know, so you everybody could talk, you know, there's nobody else you got to worry about. Mm-hmm. You rent out like one of the Alamo theaters so they're bringing you food and beer and shit. Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Although I don't know if I want a bunch of strangers I don't know drinking beer. Well... It- some people get weird. I would hope that we would know them a little bit. Uh, I have no idea. So you, so you think just like random hobos are just going to show up and like... No, I just think people get cray when they're... You know me, if I was having whiskey, that's like one of the reasons I don't really drink whiskey anymore. Oh, yeah. So well, I can get wild. Then we'll fill out one of those little pieces of paper that says, please keep <laughs> we, this person out. <laughs> okay, we need enough money to pay for the... Rent out the theater and hire a security guy for the for the time. No, Alamo will kick him out for us. That's, that's, that's their whole thing. I suppose. Uh, but yeah, that would be that. I just thought of that now, but that would be really cool. Mm-hmm. If in like 10 years, we had enough people where it'd be like, all right, if you guys want to come to Minnesota, this is the date we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let us know and yep. you'll get in. That'd yeah. be really cool. Yeah. Maybe we could hang out in the little bar area. Right. But yeah, if business ever brings you to Minnesota, Kibby, hit me up on Twitter and so long, just keep in mind that I work full time <laughs> and have two kids. <laughs> But so long as I can make it work when you're here, I'll grab a beer with you. Mm-hmm. Dan said he would too. Mm-hmm. That'd be really fun, honestly. Yeah. I am sweating and I'm also cold. It's really weird. I don't know if I'm going to take my pants off yet. Are, are, are those things like connected? I told Dan, I was like, at some point in the podcast, I might take my pants off. But I have gym shorts on. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's just going to be me naked. What? Oh, big talk, mm-hmm. man! I misread that for half a sentence or for half a second, oh, and I thought it said some way more X-rated. Nope. Hey, uh, Dan. That's me. I think that's enough about mental. I don't. Really, <laughs> I really don't have anything else to say. It is weird that like it felt like yesterday. I just kind of turned a corner. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I think it is just just to be perfectly blunt, it's just feeling like I don't measure up in any of the areas in my life. And I think I get there in the ways that I was explaining where like a, a couple of things will happen mm-hmm. and it snowballs in my mind and I don't feel worthy of the things that I have in my life. And then that snowballs. Mm-hmm. And then I have to kind of find like, what are the things that are making me feel this way right now? But we can move on. <clears throat> Dealing with musicians is kind of like having kids. My hands would be full too if I ever came to Minnesota. We could get a beer though, unless I have to go to Minneapolis. And then like, uh, no, I'm kidding. I'd, I'd try to, I'd try to figure it out. I really would. St. Paul only. Okay, dance to St. Paul only. I try, I try to make it happen. And I'd invite the other movie night guys, but they're also shut-ins. So I don't know. I feel like we could, we could maybe get one. I'll bet Rolo would go. Yeah. Rolo's not here. Maybe a beef. Maybe a schwa. Walla beef might show up. If Walla beef showed up, we'd have a better chance of Javin showing up. Mm-hmm. Shots fired. In Minneapolis tomorrow, and I'm not meeting you in Minneapolis. Yeah. I see you. I just saw you. I see you all the time. I could just drive to your house right now. Uh, right. I know your garage code. I can, I'll knock on no, your door. No, I don't. I only know. You're lost. Matt, what's your garage code? Text it to me. I only I knew your old one, but I don't know the one at your house. I want to know. I think it's four twenty sixty nine. Probably, probably. <laughs> four twenty. It's too many numbers. They, they, no, they they have five ones. They have ones with five digits. I'll just put it in here. <laughs> uh, just tell answer me this question: Did you make it the same as your old place? Because then I still know it. Our anniversary. Eh. You 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 think I remember a lot more about your wedding day than I do. Remember Donnie's wedding we couldn't drink at? Don't say it on no, I'm, air. I'm, try, I'm trying to remember what the fuck they got married. It's Don't say it. Sign it to me with sign language. Uh, nope. That's on camera. All right. Well, that was rude. You're rude. Dan. That's me. I did it. He also didn't have a DJ. I didn't care about that. I just, me and Beanie, I snuck a flask of whiskey in there, and me and Beanie were drinking off that the whole time. I remember literally nothing from Donnie's wedding because it was. I remember Donnie's wedding. No, it's, it's something like I remember being there, but it was. This is going to sound incredibly like mean. Uh, Donnie doesn't listen to podcasts. It was. Uh, Donnie doesn't it, know how it, to it listen was, to podcasts. It was very um, unremarkable. Donnie maybe doesn't have a phone. I think he's got a phone. Flip phone? Yeah. No, he's got a, he's got a full on like big guy phone. He probably does. He probably plays magic on it. Big guy phone. He's a big guy phone. Fucking nerd. Uh, but yeah, it was a, you know it was it was a, it was a, it was, a, it was a nice little thing in a church. I'll tell I'll say this. I remember more of Donnie's wedding than I do of Matt and Ann's wedding. But that's probably because I was allowed to get drunk at Matt and Ann's wedding. Ooh, that'll that'll do it. I remember Matt and Ann's like wedding. Uh huh. And then after that, I remember all of Rob. That was the birth of all of Rob. Yep. And then I remember Matt's dad at the end of the night mm-hmm. wouldn't stop dancing. He was dancing alone on the on the dance floor. And I, it's one of my favorite memories ever. I is Kyle he had, with a he had, he had a crown on, mm-hmm, like a full booth. a full king's crown on, just out dancing by himself. People the are, crowd dance. People are cleaning up around him, just like, yep. What is BGP? What that is? I don't know. I don't know either. 
Yeah. That was fun. Hmm. Big guy phone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> big guy phone. Uh, I did it. Is that why Amber was smiling? It took me less than a year. Oh. I finished Pandora Star. Oh. I finished it today. You already know it's that. It's only 37 hours. Because I texted you. But I finished Pandora Star. Uh-huh. And I, I'll tell you the truth. You gave a speech at our wedding. You did. Uh, Don't remember that. Did I talk at my own wedding? I must have. Yeah. I remember I remembered I remember talking at yours. I remember I had to talk at yours. I remember you talking at mine because it was very funny because you gave all sorts of I, I, quotes. I, I, I did a little stand up routine. And that was very funny. And I was like, man, Dan did so well. And then Donnie, yeah. the fucking dark horse of the speeches, got up there and knocked it out of the park. It just, was so wild. It was like, what the fuck's happening right now? Just telling a nice sweet story. Right. <laughs> From Donnie. It was just so wild. Uh, I have a picture of you blubbering like an oaf. That's yeah. true. I do love you, and I'm sure that I cried. Yeah, yeah. I, I 100%. Is there a video of it? I don't remember that at all. I don't know if they took a video at their what? They have to have a video of their wedding. I didn't give a speech during the ceremony, because I remember your ceremony. No, I must have given a speech dinner. after I started drinking. Yeah, okay. it was probably at dinner. Okay. My Be- favorite... Uh, nope, go ahead. Last thing. My favorite thing about... Well, this is my favorite thing about Matt's wedding. Uh, there was lo- a lot of lovely things in Matt's wedding, uh, but the but the fact that his <laughs> so weird brother showed up in like a suit that wasn't like ours that had the tag still on it because he was just gonna go return it the next day. <laughs> he did. Yeah, that's the most Matt's it's, brother was, thing ever. Yes, it was it was amazing. Uh, I remember Mike sopping wet ass from Matt's wedding. Oh yeah, there was like. There was moisture on some of the chairs, and he sat down on one, and, oh, was, and no. he, got, he got soaked. Matt says, I have quite a fucking tale about that. Was oh. he in your... Yeah, he was up there with us. I don't remember that at all. Oh, really? I barely remember my own wedding, to be yeah. fair. You were you were a... I could... Yes, I could tell that you weren't there. Like, it's it wasn't just, like, all, it's like, just like, a co- lot of work. Yeah, and like so like cognitively, it was... Uh, you were, you were dis- dissonanced. Uh, what... What I remember from my wedding is when we were doing the family. Oh, sure, that's right. Okay. When we were doing the family pictures, I fucking hated it, and I wanted to leave. And Tamika, my cousin's uh, wife, I must said husband. My cousin's wife mm-hmm. w- was our photographer. Cause she takes great pictures, but she's also just like I uh, adore her. And she goes, she. I just remember her going, "Hey, what do you need right now? What do you need?" And I was like, "I want scotch." <laughs> and she just said to my cousin Danny, "She's like, will you just go get him a scotch?" And Danny brought me scotch, and then I was like, "All right, cool. Everything was good." But I knew everybody was downstairs waiting to eat, and we were taking these stupid pictures I don't care about at all. And then I remember Rob making us sing "Mother," the Danzig song, <laughs> and I never sang that song. And I realized how awkward it was to be singing in front of like Amber's parents and grandparents. <laughs> About like, cause all of a sudden, like we like we got into like the second verse, and it's like we shouldn't be singing this. <laughs> it's so weird. We we're just like, oh no. Uh, black suits not in my repertoire. <laughs> what is that? I'm assuming that's what Kyle. Or that's what uh, uh, Caleb said. Sure, <laughs> that sounds like a Caleb thing. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> Pandora Star was really good. 
Oh, okay. Um, I will say that during the first almost half of it. Okay, so so 15 hours. Maybe. Maybe even more than half. I gave because you like this book so much and mm-hmm. you talked about it so many times, I gave it way more leeway mm. than I otherwise would have and I also was just listening to it so I could just listen to yeah. it slowly over time. Uh But during the first like half of it, I was like, "Bro, I don't think I got it in me to read the second mm. book." Because this dude, and I've talked about it on the podcast, mm-hmm. that book could be half as long and still be really good. But he'll go into these like paragraphs of like the main exports of this planet. Mm-hmm. So Pandora Star, for people who don't know, and I'm sure are never going to read it, and you'll fill in the holes where I'm wrong. Hopefully. It's a book about a future civilization where Earth has colonized many planets mm-hmm. throughout the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And there's an astronomer on Earth. Mm-hmm. An astronomer. Or, or, or an astronomer that's part of. I, I, I don't exactly remember I where, can't remember where, where he's college from. Is. Yeah. But he's a he's a professor and he's an astronomer, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of like a dying art form essentially. Yeah. Uh, and he's observing a star, and all of a sudden it, the star like blinks out of existence, mm-hmm. and he doesn't understand why. Yeah. Uh, and then he like observes it again somehow. I don't remember what that was. He, he goes, but he goes to a different planet and observes it because because time light travel. Works. Exactly. Yeah. With, yeah, the time travel that, that is light. That is light. Yeah. So he goes to a different planet that's several thousand so light. So he can watch it happen. So he can watch it happen again. Mm-hmm. So he confirms it. Uh, and then the galactic organization essentially sends people out to the star to figure out why. Mm-hmm. And they accidentally take down a barrier uh, that they don't know why the barrier was put. Well, they, first they see the barrier is there, mm-hmm. but they don't know why a barrier was put around a whole star system. Mm-hmm. And then they go there and they accidentally take it down and like unleash this thing that was behind the, the barrier. barrier for like millennia for, yeah, for a long time. And they have no idea who put the barrier around it mm-hmm. or they also don't know why the barrier comes down. Yeah. Uh, that's Pandora it, it, it star. Just, it just magically happens when they show up. Hence Pandora star because they open Pandora's box and you can't put it back again. Uh, I don't know if you hadn't sung its praises. I don't think I would have stuck with it. Okay. I don't like the writing enough and the character development is like the character development feels like a guy who like read a textbook on how to develop characters Mm -hmm. and then like, just shut the fuck up. Must Wade. Don't hold on. Don't be rude. We're doing a podcast. I just, I just mute my phone. That's all I do. That's what I did now. <laughs> um, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I just I didn't feel attached to any of the characters, and I think it's because that guy has a story he wants to tell. Yeah, and the and characters the, are just there to yes. drive the story. Yeah, yeah, and that's fine. Yeah, it, like they're they're like they're certain archetypes. Like, you know, you have, you know, like the, the hyper wealthy, you know, right. like mogul, uh, you know, like. Or the the, the women were all by and large kind of like yes. cardboard cutouts of like what besides Maya. 
What's Paula her name? Mayo. Paula Mayo. Mm-hmm. Besides Paula, I was going to say Maya Angelou, and I was like, that's <laughs> besides, not it. Besides Maya Angelou, she'd still be alive in this. Uh, Paula Mayu. Besides, Paula Mayu was, I liked her. She was unique. And like, anytime she came up, I would be like, Ooh, she was probably my favorite chapters. Cause, cause she like, she's the one person that has a, because of who she is and what she comes from. But it, I it, also wonder, I'm not, by the way, if you, if you just heard me describe that book and it seems like a, uh, a 40 hour book that you want to read. I mean, the fucking thing is, yeah, it's stupid. If it seems like a book you want to read, this podcast is going to be full of spoilers, so just mm-hmm. leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you don't care, if you're never going to read that book... <laughs> just punch my microphone out of the way. Fucking, you're just so mad at Wade. Oh. Uh, Paula Mayu, mm-hmm. is a ge- she's a genetically engineered person mm-hmm. from a planet that genetically engineers all of its citizens. They take, yeah, they take their st- stepping, like their their mantra you, from uh fuck who's the uh it's like hyper socialist where it's like yeah they like everyone is basically genetically engineered to like want to just do their job right so you if you're if you're a person who is genetically engineered to be in uh like retail customer service mm-hmm. it's not that you're genetically engineered to sell electronics at best buy it's just like the genetic cur- or genetic markers that you have or whatever that will give you the most joy and satisfaction in life are mm-hmm. to work one of those jobs. And then mm-hmm. you just pick one of those jobs that you want. And Paula Mayu was genetically engineered to, to be, be a police officer yeah. and then is a baby who's smuggled off of that planet and basically can't help herself genetically and mm-hmm. turns her parents in for breaking the law. Yeah, like, she's just this really... And I think the reason her character was so fascinating is because he wasn't writing her in the same fucking nerdy way he was writing all the other female characters. Yeah. He was writing her in a very unique way that was really compelling. And all the other women just kind of felt flat and boring. Like the 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 world gave... The world he's created is uh, gives him an excuse to just have... Smoking hot like women. sex pot women, basically, yeah. and Paula Mayu is not that, and she was. The, I think she was the most compelling character in that whole book, for me. Oh, she like she she's great. Because uh, I it, even like the the uh, the young the young Turks. man who like wants to believe in like the like in like Bradley Johansson's whole thing. Like, the, oh, what the, is his name? I, can't. I just it's, finished it's, the book, and he is the like the one of the last characters yeah. in that book. Uh, Anyways, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he's the guy who, uh, when he dies, he dies. Yes, because in this book, you can be rebirthed. They have like memory cells, so if you die, yeah. But there are a certain group of people who don't believe that should be a thing, and like when they die, they die like we would die. Yeah. Um. And yeah, so like, and like he's, so he's. He's interesting because, like, he's very, like, like he's almost like our character in this world because right. like, he's he's experiencing everything for the first time. Yeah, he's not. That's the other thing is you can re life. Mm-hmm. So people in this book are like hundreds and hundreds of years old. Yeah, there there's a point in because like at the at the very opening of the book we get to Mars. Like we finally land a ship on Mars. Holy shit! I forgot about this. Yeah, I know because like the prologue is like it's this book is so long. Uh. So this guy, this like one of the characters is Wilson Kime. Like he's throughout the rest of the entire book. Um, he is. Yeah. 
I don't. The characters aren't memorable to me. The he's, story. He's the is. one who leaves the ship. That's why. That's why when. Oh Oz, yes. That's okay. why when okay, comes okay. in. Yeah. Okay. Not Ozzy. The other guy. Uh, but yes, yeah, so they, they land a ship on Mars, and then at that exact same time, two hyper smart nerd dudes from uh, in college. Yeah. Open a wormhole from their college dorm room, like to Mars, and yeah. then the world is forever. Every, the, Every, the, everything the changes. Yeah, the, like everything becomes open game, and and they become like the wealthiest people, like in all of existence, sort of thing, because they're you know they own the technology for wormholes. Is Amber still in here? She is. Oh, hey, Schwartz in here now. Although uh, Matt left, but yeah, it's a uh, um, like I I I enjoyed that part when because like you know this like he's he was probably like in like his forties. When he was like on the spaceship going to Mars, mm-hmm. and he still like exists hundreds of years yep. later. Because at some point in like that next, and so does Ozzy. Yep, Ozzy was the second most interesting character to me, and he's on his whole like weird like. Well, I don't even know. chasing what, what, the what sort of journey. The elves. The, what are the they called? Elves? What are they called? I can't remember what the fucking names are. Uh, they're basically space elves. That's how they're described. We like the like. They are technically the elves that people would have seen back right. in like the history, like the, our history. The book has some really cool stuff, and I I like the book, and I think if you are a person who reads and want to undertake the book, you mm-hmm. should. Uh, <clears throat> and also, it's only the first book, so like Amber, if you're hearing me spoil things in this book, it's not a big deal because there's still a whole second book, and you'll finish it way before I ever will. Because <laughs> uh, it in it, it so. Now I'm going to get into more of the spoilers, though. Okay. There's a point. I think it's about... I think I looked, and I think it was like halfway. I th- Like I looked at the bar, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, that uh, Audible gives you, and yeah, I yeah. think it was about ha- almost halfway. It was either under half by just a smidge or over half by mm-hmm. just a smidge. I can't remember. But there's a, way, there's a point halfway through where I got way more invested in this book, and mm-hmm. then I started to read it a lot faster, mm-hmm. which is where you get the perspective of morning light mountain morning light mountain and i was just like whoa what Mm -hmm. it was so cool Mm -hmm. that whole it's a long chapter Mm -hmm. two where the whole evolution of morning light mountain is explained and you don't know what the fuck is happening yeah and it's not called morning light mountain at first Mm -hmm. and you don't know what's going on and then all of a sudden it's like and you figure out like oh holy shit this is the thing Mm mm-hmm this is the thing that was behind the barrier. Mm-hmm. And like the way it's he, the author, he, is it he who wrote the yeah. book? Yeah. Describes it. He describes women in a certain way. It's a guy. He did. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's very true. He describes it. I will forget spoilers by that's the time. True. That's also true. Uh, he describes something alien in a very good way. Like he makes it feel genuinely alien. Yeah. It's really the only thing that I think has done it. The best way I've had something be alien is in the book Annihilation. Yeah, that, that's that's truly, the best like, like truly alien experience in a book that I've had. That's, like, a, that's just, like an unknowable. Sort it's of, so cool that yeah. that we've talked about that book, but <clears throat> there's just this point where you all of a sudden have the perspective mm-hmm. of the the uh, the thing that was behind the barrier, mm-hmm. and it's really cool. And that was that was the coolest moment in that entire book for me. Uh, and then the Star Flyer was not a thing I was paying attention to, mm. really. Like I was just kind of like they keep bringing it up. Yeah. And I don't know why, as a person who reads a lot and also writes, mm-hmm. 
I don't know why it didn't click to me that like it's going to become important. That's why it keeps getting brought up. Mm-hmm. I guess my just subconsciously, I was thinking of it like a red herring. And then the star flyer starts to become like an, an important thing. Mm-hmm. That became really compelling and really cool to me. So like anybody who's going to read the book, you have to give it like half of the book. Yeah. Because he doesn't write characters all that well, Mm-mm. in my opinion. No, like it, I, I, would, I would agree with that. <laughs> Uh, he's telling a story very well, but he goes into too much detail where he would just have paragraphs of like the main exports of this planet. And I, I'm i not going to ever read the book again, I don't think, but mm-hmm. I would be interested to read it because I don't think like knowing that this planet exported a lot of... So there's a... Th- who's the guy that lives on the planet that like has the nuclear explosions on it uh, and they have to like get out on the buses and the woman yeah. who fuses with the SI comes and joins it? Uh, I forget the name of the, the planet, but that's Rantown. Rantown. So that when they first introduce that guy, mm-hmm. they like go into explaining his business, like fixing lawnmowers or whatever the fuck it is that he fixes. Yeah, that, that's what he does now. Right. Because like originally he was just like a humdrum to office me, guy. It doesn't have any bearing on the story other than just explaining why he's there. Yeah. And like, which like you what could he do does. in a sentence yeah. and not paragraphs of like why it is that he has this little niche market on this particular planet where he can just have this nice life fixing these things. Like it had no bearing on his character development or mm-hmm. like the editors of this book. I don't understand why they're not just like, why is, why is this here? Why is this here? Yeah. It doesn't, I don't get it. Cause like the, I would like the books way more if it was trimmed way down. Cause like, I thought they were like talking about like young people love to come to the planet and they work in hospitality, but then they also like go out and surf on airwaves or like some stupid shit. And I remember, I distinctly I remember <laughs> I was mowing the lawn and I was like, shut the fuck up because I was so interested in the rest of the story. Oh, yeah. I was like, I don't give a fuck about this. And I almost guarantee that it doesn't matter. That's why I keep saying, by the way, in my opinion, yeah, yeah. because I think people do like that stuff. Mm-hmm. I just don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care about it. And I don't, it has no bearing on what is being presented to me mm-hmm. and it's not doing a good job of character development. Yeah. So it, it's not something, but it, I always feel weird discussing art because it's like, I'm not saying he's a bad writer or it's bad. It's mm-hmm. just like, I think the book should be way shorter mm-hmm. and should have a lot of that cut. What do you, yeah, go ahead. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it Cause yeah, like like when you, uh, when like yeah, when you get down to it with what was kind of happening in the, uh, in the first one and like with him and his wife and stuff like that, um, there was there wasn't a whole lot that that kind of, uh, gave them, like it it didn't it didn't yeah it, oh, like it didn't it, it it didn't impact their journey like especially when they were like you know. With like the world getting attacked and stuff like that, it wasn't. It didn't make it seem. It just didn't do a whole lot for like, any I, of I, it. Like, but I, I understand I, why it's there. Like I wonder if maybe it was really trying to make it so that, uh, like when he was one of the people that chose to like, like turn and fight. Like it, it, 
there was a, there must have been a reason that he wanted this world to exist. Well, I think that I think they did a good job on that because he has the whole thing where he they go they go to protest the military building a base on their planet because their planet is built in a special way and the military is going to ruin and it. And they're super duper hippies, right? And he goes to protest and then he gets interviewed. That like he did that really well mm-hmm. and like that made me more invested in him turning to fight mm-hmm. the aliens and that whole thing. Yeah, but. A lot, like a lot of, because one of the things I couldn't remember, I was like, is he one of the people who, if he dies, he dies? Is that a part of their hippie thing, or does he have a memory cell? And it doesn't really matter if him and his wife die. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I couldn't remember because it gets lost in the noise of everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, it would, it would, oh, oh. Uh, is there like a? Do they start talking about? Yeah, don't spoil the second. No, part. I know. This is uh, if they need to like evacuate people, where they would put them. They probably do. Oh, you would remember. Okay, so it, you would remember if like thought. I don't know if yeah, I yeah. would. They talk about evacuating people for a long time. Oh well, I don't. I don't want to say it then because I, I. I'm worried that it like. It's it's nothing like super because they've evacuated them with a wormhole, and I think they send them to one of, like an Aussie planet. Oh, okay. So this this is beyond that. This is this is this is the second the book. second book. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's. I, I do I do genuinely want like uh, as much as it might seem like I'm throwing shade at this book, I want to read the second one. And like, I, like, I liked it. The, like the SI is interesting. The SI is interesting, especially like, when it, what is it oh, doing and why? That was my second favorite part of the that's book. That's like a, I forget what it stands for. It's not like supreme intelligence, but it's it's. An SI AI is, that is it's not artificial intelligence it would be what it's it, beyond that basically but with that, they've started to differentiate yeah. between artificial intelligence and, and then this thing that can like is like basically the consciousness no i mean just we as a society there's oh. artificial intelligence and then there's another thing if anybody in chat knows there's not many people in chat right no. now uh but that was my second favorite part of the book mm-hmm. is when the si talked to morning light mountain mm-hmm. that like, was super interesting like two to things me. that aren't really human right trying to talk about like not killing humans yeah. Uh, and, and uh, the other thing that was so cool is these kind of two ones, like, a a sentient computer Mm -hmm. and one is just an alien Mm -hmm. essentially. And they are talking to each other and it was interesting hearing their, uh, different views on evolution Mm -hmm. because the SI is trying to tell it like, listen, this is a part of evolution. You have to coexist. You have to blah, blah, blah. And then uh, Morning Light Mountain being like, no, I don't. Mm-hmm. My evolution is complete dominance of the universe. Only then will I have fully evolved. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it was so well done, mm-hmm. this conversation between these two completely alien things. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. That was my second favorite part of that book. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, like, once. Because, yeah, like, she. Because what's the. Uh, like, I can't think of her name now, but the, the reporter. Who was married to the guy? That who got, fuses that got with the SI? Yeah, who? Because yeah, yeah. like, like her grandpa's in it. Because yeah, yeah, people her can like either. download their intelligence into it. So yep. her grandpa's in there somewhere. Yeah, because um, he didn't want to be reborn anymore. He just right. wanted to. Um. And so, like, yeah, it's kind of like it's like you know it's up to something, and it's like it's obviously not like a hey we're just giving you. It's done well. Like all like all this power because like she becomes like a like. Right, she she's stops super, morning light mountain at one augmented. point. Like, yeah, like right. they, they they put a bunch of like robotics in her and a bunch yeah. of like tech. Uh, so she becomes like that. Kind of, that whole thing was done really well too with him uh, or with her and the person that she was like sleeping with, and then oh, Dudley Bowes. Yeah, 
No, 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 not Dudley Bowes. That's the astronomer. Oh, her, oh the, the guy, the, the guy who gets arrested, yeah. who, who uh, Palomayo convicts. That yeah. was really cool too. When Palomayo like had that whole thing. Oh, and like in the court case, and like convinced him, like, man, this book is so long. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. There's a whole separate court case with there's the dude. like there's so many things that happen. Uh, and I'm Guess still who might come back. Who that guy? I'm still really intrigued with uh, uh, Ozzy and who's the kid with Ozzy? Uh, the the the, guy, the kid from Silver Gelder. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Uh, what's the thing that's with them? Oh fuck! Yeah, yeah. The like the weird thing with tentacles. I'm really compelled by that thing because we don't know much about it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then right at the end of the book today. It doesn't have a sense of smell, but he like made a point of pointing out that it doesn't have a sense Phew. of smell. And I'm just like, this guy writes aliens really well. So I'm just curious to see where he goes with it. Cause are they on like an Island at the end? No, at the very end. Yeah. Where, where at the very two? end, they fall off the edge of the world. Oh, that's oh, They got on their ship. And, and it's the, fucking wild. They got, yeah, like, they got on their raft. Cause that's like how the book ends. Yeah. You're like, what? What? That's cool. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, by the way, Schwat came in here and then left. <laughs> what are the chances that Schwat ever reads this book? I don't know. Never. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like her. That's the thing. Yeah, because there's like there's this whole. Oh, court Kimmy case. bailed too. Uh, like there's this whole court case. Yeah, where like, it, it like you you think it's like there's a couple times where I thought it might have something to do with like something like bigger going on nope. in the universe, but it's it's just her. It's literally character development putting that guy away yeah and like well no but it's also character development for the reporter yeah, oh yeah, yeah yeah for the woman who fuses with the si yep and like and it gives her like a reason to like not like paula mayo because she doesn't believe she she has a hard time believing that this guy that she was with right was, but then oh, she comes around to it because of the well and that's the whole cool thing with the Starflyer too yeah. is that paula mayo comes around on the Starflyer. where yeah she's the one person that is so pragmatic that this Right, it seems impossible. This, this alien that's somehow controlling the government or something like that. Right, is somehow. And like, then when she like she starts to come around on it, that I think that was the part where because Paula Mayo has written so well, mm-hmm. like I wish he just he could write other really. I don't know. She's just done so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when she like that's what I that's a good example of how well she is done is that when she starts to come around on the Starflyer, it's when I started to pay attention to the Starflyer. Because mm-hmm. all of a sudden I was like, wait. I mean, it's kind of cool. I'm realizing in this moment, but it was like, my reaction is like, wait, Paula Mayo's paying attention to it? I better start paying attention to it. Who's because it? you think about her like a real person. She's mm-hmm. done, she's the best character in that book. Who's, who's this Bradley Johansson chap? And what's, right. what, what, what does he know? Wait, what do I remember about it? And who's the kid that followed Bradley Johansson? And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, that's a. Like yeah, like it's it's and then, like you start to understand that's like there's obviously people like very high up that are supporting either side because like yeah, there's no way that Bradley Johansson can exist unless he has people that are very like right. very well placed right, right, right. that allow him to exist. <clears throat> um, and same thing with the Star Flyer. It's like there's obviously people very well placed in the government that yep. can make it so that people don't believe anything about it. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's uh. It does he write action well? I'm trying to think of that. Like, 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 like when they when they like attack the spaceship the first time. No, I don't remember it. I, 
I don't remember it enough to give you my opinion. I typically don't like action. Yeah. The thought of those giant robots attacking that thing was cool in my head. The uh, the Alamo Avengers when they attacked the the second chance. Like the the spaceship the first time. And he and he, and he has to like pull it away from the dock so that it doesn't so that like it doesn't blow up. So, Is this when the humans attack it? Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was exciting, but it was, it, it was, it. I think it was more of like not a, knowing what was going to happen was exciting, but yeah. And I think it was also just like a, a, a way to show that the people that they chose to be on the ship are very good at their jobs. Like they're like they knew like what they needed to do to like escape and get away. Like, and I think it, yeah, like it's like Wilson Kime, like the guy who's like the captain of the ship. It's like he's obviously a good captain. Like he's, yeah. he's not dumb. He knows what he's supposed to do. He does his thing, um, and then a bunch of robots shoot lasers and melt people. Yeah, I don't have uh, the thing I remember the most is that somebody was it the people. What are the people who are trying to fight this? The Starfire called the Guardians. The Guardians of selfhood. Did they they like repurpose those machines yeah. to like that? I remember those machines. I thought those were cool. Mm-hmm. Those repurposed machines, by the way, like everybody is. Yeah, how many people are even in the chat right now? Uh, well, because all this probably sounds like utter nonsense. Yeah. It's basically uh, one person I don't know, but they're <laughs> here a lot. So okay. I don't know how to say your name. Odyssea. Uh, I feel like I see your name a lot. So thanks for tuning in. And then uh, Amber and Jeff. <laughs> Not even Anna's left. Uh, me, she says in chat. Uh, I wonder if Kibby wants to read this because even Kibby build. See, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to like work horizontally through the story. Uh, so the so the young boy, the, the, that's the, with Ozzy. No, no, sorry, the the like I guess he's the the young man from uh, from the Guardian, far away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what happens to him? He's dead. Okay. I, I, I'm, right I'm, at the I'm, end. I'm like, I think he gets shot by. Right at the end. By yeah. Bruce. Don't, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm still trying to be vague about sure, certain sure. parts that will be like very memorable, but like me saying, a young guy is dead in that yeah. book. There's a bunch of people who die in that book, so you'll yeah. you'll have no idea. Uh, and even if you do, it's not. I don't know. It wasn't that impactful for me. I was just kind of because like I don't. I didn't get attached to the characters. Oh, I was gonna say. I don't particularly. I'm not particularly drawn to action in books, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm not. I don't necessarily like writing action, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I I I just don't have a good gauge on what. <clears throat> like Amber is reading uh, these books right now um, that the Last Kingdom, the Netflix series, is based on. Oh, with Uhtred Ragnarsson and. I don't even know what that book series is called. Amber, do you? But she's reading... It's like 16 books. Mm. And she's reading through all of them. And I think those have like action battle scenes. But I don't know. I can't think of a single like... the A lot of the battle and... Oh, it's called The Last Kingdom. Okay. It's called Last Kingdom. A lot of the battle scenes in like Lord of the Rings are my least favorite parts. Mm-hmm. But I know like people love those. I don't know. Uh, they changed it because the show is so popular. I, I think... The show's really good. I wonder if like uh, it's it's probably very hard to do big scope 
battles without you just sound like you're just describing it as like a newscast. But right. if it's, but if it's like what but if it's like if mono you're describing a, mono, a person in battle, yeah, or a person versus one other person. Yeah, I don't know. I that that was just an interesting question to me when you asked that he does he do action well. I really don't know. You know, I was focused on the big things mm-hmm. like the story itself is interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Uh the plot is driven really slow, mm-hmm. which I didn't like. Um, and that's mostly... See, but all this is so weird because it's personal preference. I don't think he's a bad writer. Like, there are there are books where I've, I've read them and I'm like, that person's a bad writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would be... I hope you at least know me well enough. Mm-hmm. If not, people... I mean, everybody left because they didn't want spoilers. But uh, I hope you at least know me well enough that... Like, I would be blunt enough to say if he was a bad writer. He's not a bad writer. My preferences in books don't align with the story, the way he told the story. I think the plot is slow because of how much erroneous detail he goes into mm-hmm. on things. And I, my guess is that it's him trying to do character development, but I don't think that's how you do character development. You know, it's not just like, it's not just having a bunch of data points to give, like, he's just very clearly a nerdy guy who wrote the book. And so it's like, he's giving you all these data points. Like, look, here's 11 different, here's 11 different data points for, uh, far away. Right. Not far away. I was trying to think of a character's name. So many of the characters names I can't remember. Uh, Wilson Kine. Yeah. Here's 11 different data points that have to do with his his interests and hobbies. He's re- doesn't that make you feel like he's a real person because there's a, like I have all these data points and mm-hmm. they're connected to the the other data points that I gave you about the planet that he lives on and that's why he lives there. And it's like I mean, I guess if I'm studying a fucking spreadsheet, but it's not it doesn't equate to actual like compassion and empathy for the character like I had for Ozzy or Paula Mayu who felt like real like, it, like his his like second in command is probably more is more fleshed out. Don't like, remember her. No. Well, the, uh, like his girlfriend. That's what I'm thinking of. There's the other uh the other guy that there, you I th- know I think, he, I think he ran the portal. You know who I remember? The, I don't know who you're talking about. Sorry. Uh, so Adam Alvin, the terrorist. Yep. Um. Oh, hey, Matt's back. He had a friend. Like he had someone that he that he ran with back in the day that is on the ship. No, okay. I know who Adam Alvin is. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's okay. Maybe like let me say my thing because you're going to spoil the second book. Of course, <laughs> a character I I don't Plot I remember I remember shh I remember Wilson Kime uh-huh. Kime Kime I remember Wilson Kime. Uh, I don't remember anybody. I remember that he had a girlfriend that was also on the ship. And then I literally don't remember anybody else from that ship, Anna. but one of the, yes. one of the characters that is like seared into my mind uh-huh. is the character who near the end of the book is like trying to fight Morning Light Mountain. Oh, uh, what's his face? His daughter or like grand grand granddaughter? No, it's a guy. Oh, he's like a French guy. Oh, so there's still French people in this. Yeah, well, the kid, if no, he had a French accent. So, so who? So there's a character who like radios back and is like, hey, we're just getting our systems back online and then we're going to go fight Morning Light Mountain again. And Wilson Kime is like, 
no, we want you to just return to base. We want to keep the ship. But then he he's like, okay, cool. We'll see you back at base. And then he turns off the communication. But then he says to everybody on his ship, like, we're going to go on a kamikaze mission. And like, I'm not I'm not going out like that. Mm-hmm. If you want to leave, take it now and leave on the like. I remember that character because it's such that is good character oh, development. He feels right. He fucking blows up. Right, the, the, and then the, they're the and then they he then the author has like a three sentence thing like way later about how like they are being celebrated and remembered as heroes as they're going through real life and stuff like that. Like that is character development. Giving me because I'm I'll bet money that this guy has a spreadsheet or something mm-hmm. of like character, hobbies and interests, planet they're on. And so he is like connecting data points and it's not character development. It's just data. It's just data about a person. It Mm -hmm. doesn't actually develop their character. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? The distinction I'm trying to draw. Whereas like Paula Mayu is like a character that lives in that dude's head. And that's why he can write her so well. That's why she feels like she feels to me like she exists somewhere Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean like she's got black heels on but they're the the really short heels Mm -hmm. and she's clicking down a hall somewhere in a business suit like Mm -hmm. paula mayu feels so real to me but it's not because of any like data points he gave me it's because Mm -hmm. he did really good character development with her Mm -hmm. that's the distinction i'm trying to draw is like so many of the characters it just seemed like he was like he had like two monitors and he's looking at a spreadsheet on one and then he's typing in the other and it's fucking boring. It's just East Asian. Right. French. Like (laughs) it's it's just, and it's like main hobbies are, you know what I mean? Like, and that's why they live on planet where a lot of people go to this planet because of like it, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's not the actual thing that draws me to books. All of that said, He's still a good writer because the story he told his story in a compelling enough way. Uh, but I really think if you hadn't loved the book so much, there's no way I would have finished it. It would have been like me reading uh, uh, Ilium and Olympus. Oh, sure. Well, uh, just Ilium. High Angel, another weird sort of angel. It's a weird sort of alien. What is the High Angel? I that's, think that's I have the that space conf- station. The conflated with SI. Is that the space station you have to stop at before you see the SI? No. So, like, the, the SI... It's just a sentient space station? Yes. The SI okay. technically has its own planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, yeah, the okay. High Angel has a, those, those orbs that yes. you can't see inside Thank of that, that house other alien civilizations. But that's something they found. Just Yeah, they, they just yeah, found okay. it. Yeah, okay. They just found the High Angel. And they're that's just right. like, hey, can we come live with, in you? Yeah. And he's like, okay. And the president goes to the High Angel? No, there is a president of... Like, there's... It's like, it's like a state, so it has, like, its own, like, governor, basically. So, like, there is someone that is, like in charge of like the human relation with the high angel um but, that's, bo- that, 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 but that's also where like that quato guy that's that's an interesting who's quato that's what she takes the mem then she take a memory crystal to him oh yeah and, i do remember that he's like he's, he's like, like an alien that's emotions. A, he's an alien that's addicted to human emotions yeah. that was really cool mm-hmm. i didn't remember the character's name again that happened in i don't know minute two hour of no that happens like not quite halfway through but that happens Mm -hmm. the i was i was just about to say that i didn't want to interrupt you like the book is really cool it's Mm -hmm. a really cool book uh i 
I'm critiquing it because it's fun for me as an as yeah. a, as a as a a writer and an author to think about like what I think the book is doing well mm-hmm. and what I think it's not doing well, just from like the perspective of this is how I want to write books. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like you said that you liked those parts of the book that I was shitting on earlier. I'm really like I'm critiquing the book because it's a good practice for mm-hmm. me to do. But I don't want the critiques to come across as the book is not good. The book is really cool and worth yeah. reading. Uh, and I use, I have a rule with books that I give it 150 pages. Mm-hmm. And that's a usually about 15 hours. Uh, I I give a book 150 pages. I gave Ilium 500 mm-hmm. before I tapped out on that book and was just like, nah. What, that's, a, that's a weird... It, there was weird. only yeah, Ilium's weird. Did you read Hyperion? I forget. Mm, no. Okay. Like that, Dan Simmons is just weird. Because Dan we'll, Simmons we'll also that. wrote Snowpiercer, which is another book. No, I think like like the guy that did like the uh, who wrote Snowpiercer. It's a book I want to read. Or like Snow Crash. Snow Crash. That's a Dan. That's a oh, Neil Stevenson. Yes. We we read the other one. What is Snowpiercer? Cryptonomicon. Snowpiercer is that uh, the movie with uh, Chris Evans, and it's also that. Manga. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, we read Cryptonomicon. He's he's like Cryptonomicon. Er, he's early sci-fi guy. Cryptonomicon. The Cryptonomicon starts with the sky was the 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 sky was a color. The sky was the color of a TV turn turned to a static. Fuck. Yeah, like, yeah. What is it? Crypt. Because it's one of my favorites. Cryptonomicon opening. Well, this didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. Uh, I thought it would. I thought more people would like that. What if I just type the sky was the color? Okay. The sky, the sky above the port was the color of a television television. Tuned to a dead channel. Yes, that's, that's a right. great opening to a book. Especially like think about like that in like man. What, what I was read that. that, what that was that read? When was that written? Like eighty? Uh, Something? it says twenty nineteen. Oh fuck! No, it uh, way off. You give me a give me a cryptonomicon. Cryptonomicon first published. This says nineteen ninety nine. That's not right. Nope. No, this is publication date 1999. That doesn't make any sense. He... That doesn't make any sense. Ba, ba, ba. I'm loving it. Let's see what my... I read this book when I was like 15. And I thought it was old at that point. Oh, Cryptonomicon might be. No, uh, what am I thinking of then? Neuromancer. It's not crypt- Neuromancer. That's what it is. Yes, Neuromancer is much. Neuromancer. William Gibson. It's a completely different author. First published. 1984. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Jesus Christ. William Gibson. Did William Gibson write Naked Lunch? I think he only did like cyber stuff, but I've, I've never read Naked Lunch. William Burroughs is Naked Lunch. Um. But yeah, to like to, to to like have those I read ideas n- before right. the internet before like so TV was as ubiquitous like like, like that sort of it's nuts. I read Neuromancer and 
Didn't he write the Cryptonomicon? Or is that not him? No, that was uh, William Stevenson. Oh, that's right. He needed Snow Crash. Dang it. Yeah, I'm conflating the two right. in my head. Uh, or whatever. Yeah. Holy shit. I read, I read Neuromancer when I was like 15. Mm-hmm. And that was also when I discovered Philip K. Dick. Mm. And I read uh, Do Robots Dream of Electric Sheep? Um, and I was just like so like this is the cyberpunk is the coolest thing. And now it's like in the zeitgeist and not. Yeah. I don't know. I do. I like I hate to admit it about myself, but I am a person who is like like that's one of the things that I fear about Gene Wolfe. I was mm-hmm. like I'm always just like I hope Gene Wolfe never catches on <laughs> like because. I just don't. I don't want people to be like, "Oh yeah, I've read Book of the New Sun," and I'm, I, because I, I would be like, "Yeah, but have you fucking studied it? <laughs> like, have you, <laughs> have you read it with the Lexiconus yeah. Earthus? Like, have mm-hmm. you, are you a fucking nerd about it?" Uh, like one, like one nice thing about Pandora Star is that it doesn't. It does a good job of like they're existing in the future with this technology, but it never seems amazed by it. It's just kind of like it just exists. Yeah, and, and that's pe- a really good point. And people just kind of take advantage of it. He does that really well. He doesn't. He's he's, he's not like now look at this cool thing. It's just like people just kind I mean, of experience it. He does. He shows off a lot of his ideas about where technology could go, but mm-hmm. he does it in a way that it. Yeah, it just, I it, never. It just, I didn't it, even think about that. Until it just you said exists that. in the world. It just is a part of the world. Yeah, that's a really good point. He's a good writer. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to make it sound like he's not a good writer. It's just very clearly that like he had an idea mm-hmm. for a story he wanted to tell, and then he needed characters to drive that story. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very obvious that he spent way more time thinking about a few of those characters, namely for me, mm-hmm. Paula Mayu and Ozzy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because they like like the obviously then, like, Aussie thing I is don't. Like, if you hadn't said Wilson Kime, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have remembered that because Wilson Kime is also that's the guy who lands on Mars. Yep, yeah, at the very yeah, end of the book. Okay, yeah. Uh, and who's the other guy with Ozzy? See, I don't remember him either. N- like Nelson, sounds right. I can't remember. I don't know. The characters just the, aren't. But like, like the richest person alive. Characters from uh, the Gunslinger series mm-hmm. or the Dark Tower series, rather. I remember so many of the characters mm-hmm. from that because he's really good at writing characters. Yeah. I mean, Stephen King is just a great writer in general. But uh, Or like a bunch of characters from the Book of the New Sun, mm-hmm. despite their weird ass names. I remember them like. It's just not a skill of his, but that doesn't mean he's a bad writer. Like I, I read the um, the next series after this one. <laughs> There's somebody in chat named Lab Potato. I like that name. Uh, and it's you read what? Sorry. So I, I, uh, his the next series after this one. Yeah. Okay. And it takes place further in the future. But is it related to the series at all? I, I don't really want to say. Okay. Uh, but it's about like so like there's like there's a void at the center of the galaxy yeah and they don't know what it is and they and like but sometimes it expands further out and they so like they're they're trying to figure that stuff out um and i i think it's kind of similar there like he had his ideas of like the characters that he wanted to tell stories about and there are some other people that probably just don't necessarily need to be there but they're there to kind of like 
he couldn't figure out how to get to a certain point with other right. parts of the story. So like you, you can definitely see which characters that's, are important to him. Yeah, that's the thing with this story is like he wanted to tell a story, and maybe he had a few characters that were part of that story, but mm-hmm. then like everybody else is kind of just there mm-hmm. to give you a perspective of the story, and it's just kind of obvious, mm-hmm. and that's fine because the story is compelling enough and the writing is good enough. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I really, really think the next book you should read because you have have you read a. You're reading. What are you reading right now for your book club? Nothing. What did you? What did you just finish? Oh, the three body problem. Oh, we did three body problem. Then we did uh, the guy that did Alien and Olympus. Uh, Pete picked. Uh, he has like a book of five short stories. Oh, okay. Which I, wasn't an audio book, so I had to read a book. When do you get to pick a book? Poof. Never. I think I'm like I'm like four. Okay, How, so you have to wait two more. We cycle. We cycle back around. Oh, okay. So, so, Pete, so Pete, Pete was first. Thank you. So he's first again. I really think you should read Stranger in a Strange Land. Okay. If you liked Pandora Star, mm-hmm. I j- I really think you'll like Stranger in a Strange Land. It's the same thing where like it's a nerdy guy writing about women. Mm-hmm. So all the women are just kind of like sex pots, Ooh, which is I love it to me really boring. I love it. I mean, if that's what the character is, cool. But like all of the women just kind of being sex pots, I don't know. It's boring. Um, and then, but the it, it this is a book I've talked about on the podcast before. It was written in like like when was that book published? I want to say the sixties. Stranger in a Strange Land. Publication date. There we go. 1961 Ooh. read this book and like the technology this dude talks about like it's a like this is a really cool book to read because it's a cool story in general mm-hmm. but it's also a really cool book to read from the perspective of it was written in well it was published in 1961 which means it's probably written like in the 50s mm-hmm. that's crazy uh but because you like this book i also think you'll like stranger in a strange land okay it's really worth reading, but it's like it's like this thick, dense. Yeah, uh, and it's basically about a Martian. Oh, okay. It's really cool. It's a really cool book. Uh, it's definitely I when we've talked about it on the podcast before. It's definitely dated. Okay, but it's really cool. It's the same thing with like Dune. Like Dune is extremely dated. Yeah, but that's just the way it is. I think Stranger in a Strange Land is by far and away much higher tier than Dune. That's not hard to do. Dune's basic bitch shit. That's why so many people like it. Stranger in a Strange Land is not basic bitch, and it's really good. Okay. If I can... I'm just going to be condescending in an asshole. Well, let's see if they're still into sci-fi at that point. You should just read it. Whether or not you pick it for your book club... Like we did, we did left I'll hand, we bet. Did, we did uh, Left Hand of Darkness. Oh, my God. The Left Hand of Darkness is so good. They didn't like it. Probably because they're all fucking homophobic. <laughs> that, that was a big part of it. Look, we're we're ex- fuck. How do you not like the? Le- Did you like it? Yeah, I I, th- I think don't was, lie to me. No, I, I I think it was just that they're homophobic. Yeah, they're 
or tra- uh, what uh, transgender phobic? What do you what do you call? I, it? Think, I think it's more that they're transphobic. Tra- yeah, it's more transphobic than anything. Okay, they no, love what, what J.K. Is... Rowling. They've been really <laughs> like they keep saying we gotta watch read Harry Potter again. <laughs> Why didn't they like it for real? Uh, I I I just thought they, I just didn't seem to get into it. Ah man, that seems I was literally gonna say because my. Like, my response was going to be impossible because I remember when, like, when when uh, uh, when Brun picked it, I was like, "Oh, that's right! I've, I've always wanted to to read that. Like, that's, Fuck, that's, that's, supposed, so that's supposed to be great." Ursula K. Le Guin is fucking phenomenal, mm-hmm. but I, I don't. It, it, it just didn't float their boat. That book has one of my favorite scenes of all time when he is imprisoned in the truck mm-hmm. and they're going through the mountains. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that scene stuck out hmm. so specifically. To me, mm-hmm. but when he's in the back of that truck and you get these brief glimpses of the mountains as he's being trucked through the mountains, mm-hmm. it's f- I just that moment in that book is so stunning to me the way that she wrote that, and she's one of the best writers of the 20th century, if not ever. I love Ursula K. Le Guin. I have a kids book because she wrote a bunch of kids books. We have an uh, like a, this beautifully illustrated kids book about a girl who falls from a plane and like. All the animals of the desert rescue her. It's the super cool Ursula K. Le Guin. If you've never read her, she's fucking, she's she, awesome. She was a pioneer. She was. She also called uh, Gene Wolfe the the uh, 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 the Melville. God, I could not remember his name. She called Gene Wolfe the Melville of our time, which he absolutely is. If you read, if you read. The opening two chapters of Moby Dick, and then you read Gene Wolfe, like it's plagiarized. No, but I wait. She, chasing a wolf. He's chasing a wolf. Nail head like Ursula K. Le Guin hit the nail on the head. If you read the opening two chapters of Moby Dick, and then you read Gene Wolfe, you'll be like, "Holy shit, he is the Melville of our time." He like is that why you like her? Because she's so pro Gene Wolfe. It's one of the reasons. It's the reason I started reading her oh. is because she was so pro Gene Wolfe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stranger in a Strange Land, full audiobook on YouTube. I think that, it's, it might be in public domain at this that, point. That's kind of the nice thing about like most of the ones that like, because <laughs> like we we've made a mistake of like picking some like not necessarily great books because mm-hmm. like like Pete picked Neuromancer first, and it's 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 good, but it's like if like, if if you're I like barely remember if you're, if you're like Cheng and like you don't give a shit about like cyberpunk stuff, this book is annoying as fuck to yeah. you. It's just like dudes just just saying computer terms for like for the entire long time the whole the whole point uh and then and then then it was dune because like we pigeonholed ourselves where we said it had to be a book that was a movie so we could watch the movie okay uh it's so for neuromancer we watch johnny mnemonic okay (laughs) uh even though it's not the the movie is not based on nope but it's a it's based on a different short story he wrote (laughs) Sure. Which is true. Yeah. Uh, Dune. Oh, some other book called All Systems Red, which this is at this point we just gave up on trying to make it tie into anything. Okay. Just It's just a book about a murder bot that doesn't want to murder anymore. It wasn't bad. Uh, Exhalation, because I, I convinced one of the pick that that's a Ted Chiang short that story. That actually book. seems right, Matt. The second one. The second which so, one? So it's the Ted Chiang, not the first book, but his new one. Can I borrow that from you, by the yeah. way? Uh, if it's on, I don't remember if that's the one that someone else already has. 
It's because someone took it, but I, I I can't remember if they took that. Did or if they Rob took the, take it? Or he took the first book. I can't remember. So it, Nick, it, might, it might be sitting Rob on the counter. Nick. Next time we're at Movie Night, because I actually need I'm I need a new book to read. I <clears throat> I started the Bhagavad Veda again <laughs> tonight. I've read that enough Ooh, times. Best book we read. I picked it. Bhagavad because I got Bhagavad Gita because I'm cool. What did you pick? Uh, Bhagavad it'll, Gita. It'll be a movie. There's I'm assuming they're they're like making it you right pick now. Foundation. Uh, no, uh, Project Hail Mary. So never heard of it. So it just it like literally like came out in like April. Uh, but it's the guy that wrote The Martian. Mm. Andy Weir. Uh, it's a basically something is eating the no. power of the sun. Yeah. Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Something is eating the power of the sun. And so we're slowly it's slowly losing its energy. And so the Earth at some point in the very near future is just going to like turn into a wasteland and they so they, that's have, what you picked yeah uh so you have to so it's about them trying to figure out like how to counteract this thing that's doing this to our son um and it involves like someone having to go somewhere very very far away hmm. in okay. a spaceship uh it was it was pretty good i think it'll be because I think anywhere writes that way, it would be. It's going to be a very entertaining movie. Or anywhere's a great writer. I've only series. read The Martian. To be fair, I didn't uh, read whatever was after that. Sparrow's Throw or something. I can't remember. And it, it's a very good. It's a very good audio book. Because I remember like listening to like the audio book for The Martian too. The Martian, it, I, I, I read sounds, as an audio book. It, it just sounds really so good. Like because it's just like a. It's just like a. It's like you're listening to like a TV show. Really, he's like very good at like just. He's a good writer. Yeah, yeah. He. I think he did everything well in that book. Uh, and then, um, yeah, then it was Montana <clears throat> Darkness. I don't know. I don't like that. I book. don't know. I, I, like you just I, have to I, suck I don't as speak a person. For them. I don't speak for them. And then it was Three Body Problem, which did people like that? Yeah. Which is that book is weird. I haven't read it. I'm just salty because the. I mean, of because the, it was written by a Chinese guy. Uh, of the Ursula K. Le Guin that I've read, The Left Hand of Darkness is my absolute favorite. But it's not sci-fi. It's no. I mean, it is, but it's more, it's more, I mean, so Ursula K. Le Guin, her parents, she had uh, one of her, I think it was her dad was an anthropologist and her mom, I want to say was a professor or an English teacher. Anyway, she writes these like, I've never read like the Wizard of Earthsea or anything, but Mm -hmm. she writes just these, she's like anthropological in her writing Mm -hmm. and the left hand of darkness absolutely is. It's such a cool book. I, I going, the Left Hand of Darkness for anybody who hasn't read it is about like a herma- uh, a person from Earth going to study a hermaphroditic society. Going by it's fascinating. Like I've I've, I've kind of learned like the like the disparate tastes of the group. Like like, like there's not are, a lot of action in the Left Hand of Darkness. No, but it, it's weird because like Brent read Dune, but then he read like the next. Four Dune books. I didn't bother. No, but like I don't understand how he did that. But like, so like, it's it's one of those things where it's like you know like, even in our friend group, yeah, like, it's the the tastes are so different. People have their taste, but yeah. I, it's just one that is like I don't. The Left Hand of Darkness is just good. Like I don't I don't get it. Yeah, for whatever. Yeah, that, that, that's the thing. Like, uh, like we're like I. You know, like I like really got into like just the weirdness that was like Ilium, because like yeah. it's just the yeah. just just the weirdness that was happening. Like, click. It's a in great my brain. example. Yeah, it just didn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. 
but it doesn't mean it's a bad book. No. Amber, you should actually read The Left Hand of Darkness. Uh, you're still in chat. I don't know if you're it still It was written by listening. a woman, and you're a woman. That's why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I have a collection of Ursula K. Le Guin upstairs that I want to read. It was funny. The other night, uh, I was... I came downstairs and Amber was reading. <clears throat> and I was, I literally, I was standing there because we have the bookshelves above the mm-hmm. couch and I was looking at all those books and Amber was like, what are you doing? Because I was just basically standing above her because <laughs> <laughs> she was reading on the couch and I was like, I'm just looking at books, trying to decide what I'm going to read next. Uh, and I went and looked at all the bookshelves and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to read next. And Amber, I can't remember exactly what she said, but she was like, are you thinking you're going to read Gene Wolfe? And I was like, yeah. Kind of. I think I'm going to start at the second book in the book of the new sun. Because <laughs> I've read the first one so many times. Uh, and I think that's probably going to be what it is. And then I also... Uh, well, be new. That's, that's his wife, right? Gene Wolfe? Yeah. Uh, no, his wife's name is Rosemary. Oh. Uh, was Rosemary. Um, I also saw a really cool book at Barnes & Noble that I wanted to buy, but like we kind of have a rule you don't buy yourself stuff this close to Christmas. Hmm. But they have a really cool... Uh, the, the, the Knight and the Wizard, mm-hmm. like all together in oh. one book. Which I haven't found yet. Like 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 a like a, like a fancy little like slipcase and stuff. No, or? it's like a paperback. Oh, so I don't because I How have. Thick is this? I it's big. I have hardcover these beautiful. I found them at a garage sale Ooh. from this guy who had all these sci-fi books, and I noticed it. Mm-hmm. We were there. Nemo wanted to go look at this garage sale because there was some like little dumb thing, a little car get, track. Get shit. Yeah, get shit. And I was like, wait a minute. He's got a bunch of sci-fi books over there. I wonder if he's got any Gene Wolfe. And he did. Mm-hmm. And the only two ones he had was The Knight and the Wizard mm-hmm. hardcover, which I hadn't seen before. That's and something. this nerdy dude who also had like a bunch of comic books and sleeves and shit mm-hmm. had taken care of those books. And they're pristine. Nice. And I will never read them. I just have them because they're so beautiful. And mm-hmm. the covers of those books are so beautiful. But then it has this really cool... like. Uh, it's almost like a like your family crest, mm-hmm. the cover of it. Uh, I took a like picture. My family crest. Yeah, I took a picture of it. Uh, Hockey sticks and pierogies. <laughs> no, that's the that's the, <laughs> that's the title of your autobiography. Uh, no, it's all. It's not like a family crest. That's the wrong way to describe it. It's almost like a uh, like an old school bi- like the way they would illustrate a Bible cover. Oh, sure, Does sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know if this will come through. Uh, and it 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 also has uh, an introduction by Yves Maynard, who is From like... Tool? Nope. Uh, who is like... A character is kind of based on him in... Oh. Uh, but he wrote the introduction, and I was like, oh my God, I want this so bad, because... It's a paperback, so I don't care if it gets fucked up. Mm-hmm. Where like hardcovers, I want to, I'm, I want to keep them nice, mm-hmm. and I can just read it over and over again and like mark up the book because mm-hmm. I like to do that with Gene Wolfe books, and I really want that. And so if I got that for Christmas mm-hmm. or something like that, uh, that I would probably just read. Even though that's the last Gene Wolfe book I read, I would just read that again because I can read. Did you hear that? Oh yeah. <laughs> 
I think it's I think I think I can smell it already. Probably. <laughs> uh, it like goes like I, I uh, oh, man, I don't know I don't know if you would like a spy book, uh, but like I remember like I like is a, it the man who was Thursday? No, because that's probably my favorite spy book of all time. Uh, I bought it for my, like my brother a couple years ago for Christmas. Um, because I read it, I thought it was like super cool, and he likes like that sort of like history and stuff like that. Uh, but it was like the spy who came in from the cold. I've heard that's good. And it's like, like John Le Carre, like he's like the original, he's like the go-to of that era okay. of like, it's not like James Bond spy, but it's like just the world of yeah British intelligence. Have I read that? He did like Tinker T- Taylor soldier spy. Like he, he's like that guy. You, I feel like I've read the spy who came in from the cold. Did we read that for our book club when no. we had one? No. We read the uh, the the one from the uh, the Benioff book, the, uh, the the Russian. Yeah, I know that we read that. What is that called? Uh, man, that book was kind of heartbreaking. Egg, eggs in Leningrad. Nope, that's what it's about. Uh, it was it was it was heartbreaking, but it was still a nice. It was a good book. Yeah, but it was it was. And then like, he ruined Game of Thrones. So fuck him, huh? Did he? He's one of the two like. So it's Benioff and Weiss are like the two. Oh, like, really? I yeah, didn't know they're, that. They're like the, the head like producer showrunners of Game of Thrones. Man, I can see the cover of that book, but I can't think of the title. Fuck. Hold on. Let me open up my Audible. Keep, but yeah, go ahead. Um. So yeah, I'm... Uh, City of Thieves. City of Thieves. Great book. It's, it is. It's well worth reading. Um. I don't think I'm going to jump in. I don't want to take a long time before I jump into Judas Unchained. Oh okay. Mm-hmm. Is that the second Pandora? Uh, yep. the, the the sequel to Pandora Star. I don't want to take a long time because I don't want to forget a bunch. But uh, like I've been reading Pandora Star for yeah. like eight months. Yeah, yeah. So uh, tonight when I was driving home from my dad, I have the uh, Bhagavad Gita mm. on Audible, and mm-hmm. I just started listening to that again. It's a series that Amber, which here? is a Hindu religious text. If, I don't. Amber's in chat, but she when I mentioned her, she didn't chat. Amber type words. Because uh, I said she, I think she should read Left Hand of Darkness. Because there's this, there's a series that. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's like the most Amber. That like all those guys read like and like I liked. Uh, it's a it's it's kind of teen. Um, it's kind of YA, but not really. Um, the lightning thrower. No, it's uh, it's uh it's what's the name of that book, Amber? The Lightning Bearer? Wasn't paying attention, cool. Uh I don't know what the series is called, but like the first one is Red Rising, then Golden Sun, then Morning Star. Uh I feel like I, I think I recommended it to him to her at some point, but this was like a while ago. Uh oh. Go ahead. Oh. Uh basically it's kind of about a future civilization, kind of like where this kid like is like works underground like on Mars and like kind of like like his whole family lives there. It's like this whole little town and stuff, and it's like you know hard work and they're miners and they're basically they're told that they're trying to get it so that the upper like the the above they're they're trying to terraform it. So like they're working hard underground to make that happen. Um. And then he's shown that that's already happened, and like they're they're just like slaves. And so it's about him, kind of 
taking a new identity as like in like this YA novel. I feel like I've read that book too many times. That's the thing. Like and like kind of going against them and like you know being with them and then like what was the book nicole had us read for up. our book club silo or something like that yeah it just makes me think like i've read that so many times where it's like you're in a society that you think you're doing something altruistic and actually you're a slave and that's the thing. it's it's the it's the whole ya yeah it's the trope of that generation of like books where yeah it's, i'm just kind of tired of it well, sorry oh yeah I, 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 that's the thing I, I oh think i, I told, looked i looked those i think i showed them to you at some point just because i was like oh like because you would, you know, you really enjoyed Harry Potter and the uh, uh, okay, and, and okay. all of the late Lady Shoot Arrow books. Yep, uh, Hunger Games, Hunger Games. Um, but it, what is the, the the Lightning Thief? That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, those are about like uh, the Greek gods are real. Yeah, yeah. That's not the same thing, but no. I just have read that trope. Yes, that was the. It was the same thing with the fucking. Uh, what was the vampire books? Twilight. Nope. Amber, what are oh, the vampire fuck. books that we own? We own all of them, and I just bailed out because the first one is so good. It's one of the best books I've ever read. What are those books called, Amber? I, I must find it first. <clears throat> we have all of them. I think you read all of them. How did I know? Uh, the Passage. Dracula. Dracula's awesome. It's The Passage. That's yes. the first book. I don't know what the series is called, but the first book in the series is called I The Passage. I didn't want to read the second one. The Passage is so good, and the second one is just fucking like big thumbs down mm-hmm. because it's the same stupid thing. I'm just so sick of that. Like, so you think society's one way? Well, it's another. That's why I don't. Okay. That's why I know you wouldn't like Red Rising. But probably I, not. But I think Amber uh, probably I, would. I think Amber will get a like would get a kick yeah, out of Amber's Rising. got a basic brain. That's, yeah. She's a basic bitch. <laughs> uh, uh, I was going to say, the other thing that I think you should really read that mm-hmm. I, I know I've recommended to you for for years... Gene Wolfe? Is, uh, no. I don't know if people will like Gene Wolfe. I really I, don't. I, the thing is, I think I would. I just, for whatever reason, I just never started. It'd be really cool to have somebody other than Christian to talk about Gene Wolfe <laughs> with... Uh, is uh, Kim Stanley Robinson... Red Mars, Green Mars, oh. Blue Mars. Well, like the yeah, like the that terraforming series, of Mars. If you read, if you read that, and my kids were older, <laughs> I would read those again. Okay, yeah, yeah those red, are really cool. Red, is it, yeah, is it red, green, blue? It's red, green, blue, and they're all they're almost like political thrillers, but they're just really cool. Because they're, they're and it's they're like about hard like, sci-fi. They're about what you would do to. It's about Mars. like really terraforming <laughs> Mars. But then the way, the, like the thing that drives the plot is like the political subterfuge, mm. and yeah, it's they're cool. Okay. I think like I I enjoy it in the same way that I enjoy so many different types of movies. Yeah. Like I enjoy so many different types of books. It's like like I like I like that Red Rising book, but then I liked like the Wineupbird Chronicles from like Murakami. The Wineupbird like, Chronicles are awesome. Like I can like I my. My, I should read that again. My taste goes so my far. My fucking kids took s- reading from me. They really did. You know what sucks? What? Well, be full of test this. Crazy House from... Like it sucks. Like it's hard. It's a bad book or it's just... Oh, it's, it's, got, it's James, heartbreaking. James Patterson. Terrible book. Okay. We uh, uh we read it. Only I finished it. Uh, and it's bad. It's uh, like a... <laughs> Why is it bad? It's... Horribly written. What is it called? The plot is terrible. It's called Crazy House. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> do you guys have a secret book club? No. You do? No. 
Are you lying? Yes. <laughs> one, one day after movie night, Jeff handed me and Wade copies of Crazy House because we were talking about it on Discord. Uh, and it, it's been like nine months and only I ever actually finished it. <laughs> Because I was listening to it on Audible, so I could just like force myself to get through it, and it's so bad. It's, what else it's, did James Patterson write? He's like a he's the guy's worth like hundreds of million dollars. Yeah, he's, he's, he's I know like his name. Books, I, and I don't think he actually wrote this. His name's on it, but some other lady's name is also on it. So I think she wrote it. Huh. Uh, but it's this garbage YA book about Weird. like twin sisters that are like in like a dystopian future. It's it's a hundred percent a hundred games ripoff. About like kids fighting in prison and shit. It's it's so bad. Man, you know what the original it's was? So bad. It's Battle Royale. Well, the original was Lord of the Flies. There it is. Lord of the Flies is fucking. Have you ever actually read Lord of the Flies? Yeah, we had to read that for it's English class. Great. Yeah, that's a great book. The the, the ones I remember. Wallaby Wall beep for audio people only. He says, like, "I'm looking this house. up now for the first time. It seems to be about a crazy it's house. About a crazy house. Uh, if you guys ever had a secret Gene Wolf book club <laughs> that I didn't know about, I would I would go crazy and kill you all. Oh man, yeah. Every, every so often we, we joke about the secret I don't wanna, Gene Wolf chat. I don't want to be a part of a, your we G- talk about that Gene Patterson chat. book club. No, no one does. It's terrible." Uh, remember when we had our book club? That was cool. Yep. And then there's just there's only so much time. Yeah. It's your most valuable resource. I'm trying to. Oh, uh, yeah. It may. I remember we read the one, that one book that you you had a you 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 kind of changed your tune on a, like I think you read the second time. Um, about, oh yeah. About, about the house. What's it called? Uh, trees? No, it's. All I can think of is Z, but that's the name of an album by My Morning Jacket. It's something trees? The House in the Leaves? The House in the Leaves? Oh, yeah. I, I didn't book? listen to that one because you couldn't listen to it, I don't think, because there's all the... There's House the- of Leaves. Yeah. Uh, House of Leaves by Mark Z. Danielewski. The first time I read that book, I was obsessed with it. I thought it was... It's got four out of five on Goodreads. 4.3 out of 5 on Barnes & Noble, 4.4 4 out of 5 on books some something, I don't know. Uh the first time I read it I thought it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And then the second time I read it I was like, I I don't actually think this is a good <laughs> book. It was I've never had that happen. It was really weird. Did like, you guys like it? I couldn't I can't remember. I, well, I remember the the lab the labyrinth. Yeah. The house stuff was real fun. Yeah. The the, the the other half that that guy was so insufferable man there were there were some parts where it was just like like i do you know what's weird is i want to read that book again now because i know i only remember the first time i read it and i love that book mm. the first time i read it but i know that the second time i read it i didn't like it but i don't remember that is it remember, isn't that weird i remember like sitting down because it was because it, it was me you nicole amber who's the other girl Steph? No. This is, this is pre-Steph. Oh. This is Nicole's friend. Some white girl. Yeah, yeah. Rachel? Uh, something like that? Rachel. Rachel? Who's Rachel? the hell is a Rachel? Um, Amber, what was that white girl's name? And I remember like, because like, like I just, I had like just finished it. Yeah. Like that day. And there's like the last chapter or like the second to the last chapter or something like, like very close 
to the end of that book is like about like this mom like they're talking about sort of like like a mother and like like losing like a child or something like that like either like in don't remember that in the womb or something like that and it's like this weirdly like touching story and i I remember like being like man like and like this part everyone's just like because everyone was just so just like done with like that book at that point that like they just like no one wanted no one gave i just remember the labyrinth mars need moms I, I'm conflating that Mars in, 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 in the plot of Mars Need Moms. Amber, what was the name of that girl? She was a blonde white girl. It's not. I wanted to say it's not Kelly. That's not it at all. It's it's just some. Sometimes she pops up in my messenger because like apparently we're still Facebook friends. That's what I was looking at. But I lit, hey Bob Natick's in there. Now Dan Natick's in there. Scrolling. Can I see her? Nope. She's not in my top ones. Uh, I've never messaged her so. Da- Dugan Davidson it's is Dugan, in there. There's, there's a name I haven't heard. Name. And David Hermy. Anyway. Dang it. Uh, <laughs> it's something. I don't think Amber's in the chat anymore. <laughs> Amber doesn't even remember she's a person who exists. Remember when we had a book club? It was you, me, Dan, Nicole, and then one of Nicole's friends who was just like... She came climb with us, didn't she? Sometimes? I think so. The best way I can explain her is she was blonde yeah, and we like, white. We went to that place like we went to that one place like after climbing. Kayla. Thank you. Thank you. I knew it was a white girl name. Man. Buford. That was not it. Like, uh, I'm, I'm just happy that Matt missed this whole part about the thing that we're not supposed to talk about. Why is Matt? Why would Matt be mad? Don't talk about it. It's Fight Club. Is Matt in it? Only you get to know. I thought it was Wade. So now you're giving away too much information now. <laughs> this has to be mysterious. You said it all. Uh, no, my kid. All right, Joey. Oh, my God. He hit his face on the desk. Are we best friends? Uh, Amber, you, if you're still downstairs, you should let Joey up because I think he wants to go to bed. Yep, he stood up. He's an old man and he has a bedtime. Why am I not sleeping? If right you're now? upstairs, upstairs, don't worry about it. But if you're uh meme is what? <laughs> oh, it wasn't Wild Beef that said Buford. It was Matt. Oh, here she comes. Good. Go on, Joey. Joe. Go on. Go get Amber. Oh, he's excited now. Yep. Oh, I get to go to bed. Thank you. Um I gotta wrap this up too. Uh, so you guys, cause I had to read the night, which Amber, Amber, how many times have you read the night? Cause the, Amber's like, I've read the night. Like, cause Amber's nice and wants to like Gene Wolf. Cause mm-hmm. I do, but like Gene Wolf is hard to like. I get it. Did that end book club three? Yes. <laughs> she's read the night three times and she's still like, I don't know what's happening. I think the book that no, like I think that the, that's the, the only Gene Wolf you've ever read. The downfall was no, no, no. no it was not the that, downfall when when we read that that southern. That book. was the only book that we all agreed we weren't going to finish. So bad. Everybody finished the night, but everybody's review and everybody knew how much I love Gene Wolf. So everybody, when we talked about it, was just kind of like, uh, what was that book called? Fuck. No, I okay. I kind of know what's happening. <laughs> that that's what's fun about gene wolf i understand how stupid and nerdy that statement is but like 
the fun thing about Gene Wolfe is that you have to read it over and over again to get an idea of what's happening. But once you do, mm-hmm. that's the thing is like once you get it, you're like, holy shit, I didn't know somebody could tell a story this well. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Where you're, it's like, it's almost like your condition to think that the way a book should work is you pick up a book and you read it and mm-hmm. the story's done and you close a book and then you're just done with it. Mm-hmm. And like, there's so many books on my bookshelf that I like, I've never reread the dark towers or like, there's so many books that I have just read and mm-hmm. then I just put them back mm-hmm. and I might as well have never bought them, but check them out from a library. And like, I think you're just preconditioned to think like, that's how books are. That's how I enjoy books. Is I pick it up and here's a story and I understand the story and then I close the book and mm-hmm. I'm done with it and I'm like, that was a fun story mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that because I like books like that. But Gene Wolfe is a book that you you read his book and you're like, I think, I think something happened. I don't, there were cool parts of that book. I don't really get what happened. I don't get, I don't know why it happened, but there were, uh, I'm going to read it again. And then you read it again mm-hmm. and then you're like, okay, I think I have an idea of what's happening. I think, okay, if I read it one more time, I bet I'll get it. And then like you read it again and that all, I I understand that that sounds boring, but if you have a mind that likes to solve a puzzle, mm-hmm. which you do mm-hmm. and Amber does, if you have a mind... Because he was, I really think he is an engineer who wrote books. He is not a book writer who was an engineer. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. He writes books that are puzzles. And all once you all of a sudden read it for your third time or your fourth time and you get what's happening, mm-hmm. for me and for the other people I've talked to who love Gene Wolfe, you're all of a sudden like, I didn't understand that this is how a story could be. Mm. I didn't understand how complex a story could be. And because of that complexity, it could be so close to real life. Hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It It's more akin to like, and not that this is real life, but it's more akin to like the Bible in the way that it's told and the connections of it and like the the subtlety that's going on underneath. And like, if you like, there are times where you just want to pick up a book and read a book for entertainment. Just Mm -hmm. like you want to sit down and watch a movie for entertainment. Like when we watched Hellraiser two for movie night, Mm -hmm. that's not a good movie, but it's entertainment. Mm -hmm. I get that. But this is like, there's just this point where you, it clicks and you're like, I didn't know you could do this. I didn't know you could tell a story this well. Mm. And now I can see the lines that connect these layers of this story. And it's unlike anything I've ever experienced. It's, it becomes so close to reality mm-hmm. because of the complexity of it. Because of the complexity that the narrator brings to the story. And I literally... One, I remember one time I was reading uh, like somebody who was analyzing a Gene Wolfe book and they were like, I'm going to say this because people are worried about it. There's going to be spoilers. But if you actually understand how to read Gene Wolfe books, you're not concerned with spoilers. And it's really true. Like there aren't spoilers. It's just the most 
true to life thing I've ever read. I don't know how to explain it. It's, and I think that's ultimately where I was going with that sentence. It's like, I don't know how to explain it. It's just an experience that you have if you kind of put enough time into it. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing like it that I've ever experienced in any art form ever besides that. It is, it's just remarkable to me the way that his books work. Hmm. It's so cool. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, kind of. I mean, Wall Beef. So Wall Beef says once you've forced yourself to like it enough, you're not wrong. It it sounds really weird, but it's like artwork that you have to work to appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> or at least for me, it was. It's artwork that I had to work to appreciate, and then once I got there. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it more than any piece of art I've ever experienced in my entire life hmm. ever. And I like, I mean, I have we, behind you, we have a print that we bought for like, we, we spend money on art. I love art, mm-hmm. but it's un I, my appreciation for it and the value that it has in my life is, is, is paralleled by nothing. Mm-hmm. It is the most impactful impactful and influential piece of art that I've ever experienced in my life. But it's mm-hmm. because I put the work into appreciating it. So yeah, you're right. Once you force yourself to like it enough, you do it's it's forcing yourself is not a bad way to phrase it because you have to read the book. But I was at I was at least compelled to read the book several times. Mm-hmm. Because the, it's like I was saying the first time I read it, I was like, I think I think I know what happened. I think I understand it. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, I, and you start trying to put the puzzle together almost subconsciously. And you're like, I bet if I read it again, I'll get it. And then you read it again. And you're like, well, I did get it more, but I don't, but there has, there's nothing in my life that has impacted me the way that Gene Wolfe's writing has. But I had, I, but I had to do work to like his books. It's weird. Because people, I think, have a negative connotation with the word work mm-hmm. or the word force, <laughs> which that, that one I get. But it's not a negative thing. I like the work of enjoying his books. The parallel in my head is like the four math classes I had to take. Yeah. In college, like you get calculus, but that's not calculus. That's just in, intro to calculus. So yeah. like, you you understand how like the the basis of like okay, like there's a framework here. These are numbers. This is how they interact. This is how they can, and then you slowly get more and more deeper into like yeah, what like 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 why they do the things they do, how like and like what that means like. So and like, you have to review and yeah right like, yeah so you're, that's you're, probably a perfect uh, so yeah you're, you're basically just like getting, you're learning more and more about math <laughs> it's a perfect it's probably a really great analogy in that it's hard it like it is but, I, but if but, but if you thought, it's it's hard but if you like it you're just gonna keep doing right it. and that's the precursor that I give to people with Gene Wolfe is it's like it's not you're not just gonna sit down and appreciate it it's not how it works mm-hmm. and I get it if you don't want to do that but. There, there's just nothing in my life artistically. There's no video game. There's no movie. There's no music. 
There's no book. There's nothing I've experienced that is like it. Mm-hmm. It is complete. In my experience, it's completely unique. And I love it. Mm-hmm. And I got to go to bed. Watch I could literally keep talking for another hour about Gene Wolfe. Watch Succession. Dan? Watch Succession. I'm just going to say it right now. I really like Succession. I've watched a, I watched a scene from the last episode like four times. I really like Succession, but like I also just like having something chill at the end of my day. Oh, you, you don't, you don't want to be like... Like eight out of... What is happening? Like eight out of ten cats yeah. does countdown. Yeah. And now Amber wants to watch that show with pen and paper. <laughs> and try and do the... Yeah. Don't let her pause it. She has to do it no, in No, yeah, seconds. she can't pause it. Good. I'll No, Good. I'll, I'll make her stick to that rule. Good. All right. I do have to go to bed. What? Oh, there wasn't a murder. And tapped out of succession immediately. Not enough murder. No spoilers. Because I do want to watch it. It's just like, I don't know. I need like I need the world to fucking chill. Because you know that was the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was watching succession. And then everything got shut down because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And I literally, before the last episode of season two, I was just like, you know what? I need a like I just need a break from shows like this and mm-hmm. I've never gone back mm-hmm. because the world is just fucking wild mm-hmm. and I need everybody to fucking chill a little bit and then I'll go back. That's not what the show's about at all. It it is, but it's No, it's it's it it, 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 it is, is about that but not it's more social commentary than it is anything. It's exactly. not rich people in Jamaica. It's, it's just not, social commentary. It's not making like they aren't heroes. Right. I mean, sure, on the surface. But it's not. It's about rich people and their dramatic problems, but ultimately it's social commentary. Uh, yeah. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Dan. That's me. Thanks for the umpteenth time listening to me talk about <laughs> Gene Wolfe. Uh, but, I mean, I I don't know. When, when Wallabeef said that... <laughs> when Wallabeef said that, it just made me like think like, yeah, I did have to force myself to like it, but it's not a thing I regret. It's mm-hmm. enriched my life, my life. It's enriched my life in ways that are go far beyond reading mm-hmm. and writing. Succession's the greatest show on television right now, Matt. There you go. That's probably true. Yeah. It, like, it'll probably win the, the Emmy for best drama slash comedy slash tragic. <laughs> oh, God, I muted it. I was going to turn it up. Just drown you out. Yeah. Oh. Good night, everybody. Good night. Uh, if this is your first time listening to us, subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts. Mm-hmm. You can follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash this might sound stupid. Mm-hmm. We have two sponsors, Joey the Good Boy. We can't put him on camera because Amber's a nice person. She let him upstairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mike Long, who's designed all of our graphics. Mm-hmm. Um, we lost our other sponsor, Crab Salts. No. <laughs> Are they banned? <laughs> I don't know. The FDA is... On their ass about some bullshit. It's not, yeah. Uh, but if you go back 20, 30 years, 30 years, uh, email us. This might sound stupid at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Tweet at us at TMSS underscore podcast. Mm-hmm. We will not be here next week because mm-hmm. of holidays. Mm-hmm. We will we will be back the 30th. Get yep. your listen. Top five Christmas villains of all time. Correct. Have a great night, everybody. Good night. I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs>